0: This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Hey, it's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 241. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, you probably know Tales of the Cocktail is one of, if not the biggest and most important cocktail conferences in the world. Tales is going through a transition after much controversy, which we won't rehash, but reported on extensively first in episode number 203, and we will have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, But uh, Tales is in the process of being reorganized as the Tunermans are selling their shares. This week, we'll talk to the two gentlemen that are in the process of purchasing those shares, and we'll take over management, Gary Solomon and Neil Bodenheimer. The Tails is such an amazing platform for the industry,
1: but by having this, this non-profit and a grant system for industry-related items, you, know, you'll not, you know, we'll be able to talk about something in that platform and then turn around and, and put it to
0: action. We'll talk about their plans for Tails. And next week, we'll continue the conversation about what's being called Tales 2.0 with Mr. Philip Duff. Because to answer your question, Brian, this isn't shifting the brain or anything like that, but Tales and every cocktail festival is us. I hope you're subscribed so that you get the brand new shows as soon as they become available, downloaded directly to your phone for free. Let's do a cocktail of the week. Well, we're talking tales on the show today, which of course is held in New Orleans. So let's do what is literally the official cocktail of New Orleans, the Sazerac. Actually, in 2008, the Louisiana House of Representatives proclaimed in a 62 to 33 vote the Sazerac to be New Orleans' official cocktail. We use David Wondrich's recipe from his great esquire drinks book and it's two and a half ounces of rye whiskey now (laughs) this book was written in 2002 and mr wondridge says pertaining to rye use the good stuff if you can find it funny (laughs) these days there's plenty of rye but uh in 2002 it was really difficult to find good rye there just wasn't being much produced and there, there wasn't much demand so uh lucky for us times have changed lots of good rye around uh so uh yeah two and a half ounces of rye whiskey you might want to use the Sazerac brand. They make a good rye. There's lots of great ryes. I like a spicy rye like uh, Dad's Hat makes a really really rye, forward rye, which I think is great. Um, but uh, yeah, there's lots of good ones to choose from these days. Uh, so three drops of Peychaud's bitters, a dash of Angostura bitters, a cube of sugar, and an absence rinse. So we'll uh, muddle the sugar cube with a few drops of water and the bitters, both bitters, and add the whiskey. Stir well with ice. Put a little absinthe in an old-fashioned glass. Roll it around and to coat the glass and discard, or drink. <laughs> Stir the cocktail with ice to chill and strain it into that glass. The drink is unusual in that it's served in an old-fashioned glass without ice. Express the oils from a lemon twist over the drink and drop that twist right into the glass. You want a nice, big, thick twist. So this is, of course, is a old-fashioned variation. We spoke extensively about the Sazerac with Elizabeth Pierce, drinks historian and author of The French Quarter Drinking Companion way back in episode number 132. David Wondridge's book that I mentioned, Esquire Drinks, an opinionated and irreverent guide to drinking with 250 drinks recipes is out of print, but it looks like there's a couple of used copies on Amazon. The first time I ever met David Wondridge was at Tales of the Cocktail. That would have been 2014, I think. Uh, uh, and it was uh, yeah, it was at Tales of the Cocktail. He had just finished up a guest bartender shift at a Tales event called Dynamic Duos, where a local bartender from New Orleans is behind the stick at a bar at the bar where the, uh, he or she works with someone from out of town, usually sort of uh, you know celebrity bartender like David Wendridge. Anyway, I had brought the Esquire drink drinks book with me, hoping to get him to sign it for me. As soon as I pulled that book out, his face lit up, and he told me he had, quote, a lot of fun with that one. He, of course, has written several books since then, but I could tell he really enjoyed putting that one uh, together. I told him it was one of my favorite books. These are the kind of things that happen at Tales. I'm so happy that Tales is going to continue, and there was some doubt after all that happened. Tales, if you've never been, is education, networking. It's a chance to make new friends and see old ones. It's time to learn, but also to celebrate our industry. (laughs) So let's talk to the new management, new owners. Uh, as we record this, the deal is hopefully going to close this week. And uh, we'll talk to Gary Solomon and Neil Bodenheimer. Hey, what's up, Brian? How are you? I'm good. 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 I was just listening, Long time to see. Yeah, I was just listening back to that uh, great conversation we had in 2016 at Tales, And it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it a was great a, conversation. Yeah,
1: it was a fun one. I, uh, I was just telling Gary about it Yeah. a second ago. Yeah, <laughs> we had a good time. I showed, him, I showed Brian all the great sights of new orleans as i drove them down uh la <laughs> street from from downtown to cure <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right well we'll get started here uh congratulations both of you guys on uh, acquiring Tales of the cocktail it's amazing and uh i think everybody's so excited to know that it's in uh in good hands thank you yeah so uh can you tell us a little bit about um what, what's the difference in the corporate structure from now than it was before
2: sure so right thank now um I think it's, it's important to clarify that we're still in the process of closing the deal. Mm-hmm. So it's, we've not fully acquired it yeah. yet, What uh, we expect yeah. to do that um, very soon. And, and I think the big change is on the structure, structure of it is it all going to be in one entity, entity and the entity is entirely a nonprofit organization.
0: Right, right. So before it was sort of this double structure, which not everybody quite understood. <laughs> you know, you kept hearing it was a nonprofit, and then, you know, there was – uh, there was uh, there was some profit going on there, but not you know not to say that they, I mean Anne built that thing out of nothing, and uh, all, yep. I'm sure all the best. It's it's amazing what she built.
1: Sure, well, I mean look, and they were they were an educational nonprofit, and they um, they didn't you know their their goal was to get people to New Orleans and teach them about New Orleans culture, and they they succeeded in that goal, but they still gave away money which they didn't have to do. Right, so I think. No, I think that's important to uh do remember.
0: Yeah, I, I often repeat this story. I was just I, I forget where I was, but I just overheard that there was a a bar that was robbed in the, in New Orleans one night or something and they took all the tips and the next day Tails showed up with some money to help everybody out, you know. And I didn't hear the story from a PR company or anything. I just heard it from a bunch of bartenders talking, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think I think over time it's they, they didn't do a good enough job of telling people about what they did do
2: for the nonprofit. Right, right. We look forward to doing a lot more of that. And um, the way we're we're going to be structured is um, entirely focused on doing just that, that to benefit causes in the industry, as well as, as, as uh, important nonprofit causes in New Orleans.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So, because Tales of the Cocktail, as we know it in July in New Orleans, is just is just one piece of the puzzle, right? I mean, it's the biggest part, I guess, but it's not. It, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. I mean, it's.
1: I mean it's it, it's a big deal that it's there um, it, you know we've talked about this a lot over the past few days but um, really leading into the past few years there was a really thriving movie business here over the summer and that's kind of um, kind of ramped down a little bit and uh, and unfortunately uh, what that's done is it's made the summer a little bit softer so you know having tales in jeopardy was a big deal because you know, you it's it's 18 million plus dollars in impact, and it really hits uh, people in the service industry particularly well. And uh, it, it's you know the loss of the the idea that that could have been lost was you know, uh, people were very nervous down here, and particularly. Bartenders and servers.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know that's the reason Ann started it, did it in July to begin with because it's a slow time for the service industry uh, down there, and she wanted to help out the hospitality industry in in any way she could, but in, in that way in particular, yeah. bringing in a lot of tourism, and she, right? And she did, and
1: and and I'll always be thankful uh, to Ann for that, and I, I think a lot of people a lot of people here feel the same way. But you know, one of the great things is it's a win win because it's not only is it uh, a great time for it's a needy time for it's a it's a needed time for people in the service industry down here but it's it's also makes it affordable for people that want to come visit so you know your average bartender can come and afford to come to can afford to come down here at that time of year
0: because the hotel rates will be lower right that time of year yeah. than they would uh, <laughs> say around Mardi Gras or something <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah and and i mean i mean really kind
1: of from any, from past hurricane season until, until God, even till about the end of May, you know, the city's really humming and, uh, you know, what, what most bartenders and attendees know New Orleans as is, is a pretty sleepy, is a pretty sleepy place until tails kind of activates it. But it, you know, for the, for the, for the season down here, it's actually, you know, it's not, it's not so cheap to be down here.
0: Right. 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 Yeah, I know. I get uh, I get hotel alerts from uh, like Hotel Monteleone and whatever. And I'm like, whoa, it costs that much to stay down there this time of year? You know, <laughs> you know we have dirt tails. We're paying in half of that or less. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I imagine you have your hands full uh, with the sort of legalities and the uh, and the uh, business of making this happen. And in fact, I didn't realize the deal wasn't closed yet. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot to you've got just getting Tails off the ground. But can you tell us uh, about the sort of new directions and new new things we can expect from Tails?
2: Yeah, I think that um, really want to emphasize that 2018. It's really just important to us that the event takes place and at least to the same quality, if not better than previous years. So we're going to put all of our energy into ensuring the logistics and the attendee experience um, are really positive. Look, I think the other thing that's absolutely worth mentioning is that an increased focus on diversity, not just saying it on paper, but how it's represented in panels, um, in the attendees, in the selection committees around awards, that diversity has to be the Cornerstone of what we do this year, it, in the changes that we make. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, um, you know, change too much with the structure of the event in year one, but we really want to make sure that we address these issues that are important to the industry and are part of the national
0: conversation. Right. So the uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how. I don't know if it's f- not funny, the wrong word, but uh, it's interesting to note how personally the the service industry, you know, took the events that happened. And, and uh, Philip Duff wrote a great post, actually, something about, you know, t- Tails is us, you know, and uh, I thought that was kind of enlightening. But it, I think it speaks to the fact that everybody um, is so invested in Tails, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, there's a there's a unique opportunity here is that, that Tails is such an amazing platform for the industry. And um, but by having this this nonprofit and a grant system for industry related items, you know you'll not, you know we'll be able to talk about something in that platform and then turn around and and put it to action with funding.
0: Mm-hmm. So is it, I'm not even sure is the diversity council still in place or does it have to be reassembled or what's that all
2: about? We need to structurally um, look at a governance model and put a governance, governance model, model in places, place. that ensures it that it's not, not a. Um, flavor of the day, day kind of kind approach, approach, right? So it's, it's really become, become a, a part of the ongoing operation of the festival and is um, involved in every decision around content and exact, around um, audience, audience makeup as possible. Mm-hmm.
0: And the uh, the sustainability issue, you know, came up very heavily in the last couple of years at tails and uh are there plans to continue with that the sustainability summit was the first time this year but felt like it could have been uh, expanded upon
1: well i mean look i don't think sustainability in the bar in the bar world is going away at all and i think that is always going to be a relevant topic and i think it's it's just more more and more of a focus every year for bar programs so i think you'll see that um recognized in in seminars and in, in events but it's, and I think what we're seeing now is seeing it as a as a way of life.
0: Yeah. Well, do you think uh, tales, the event of tales itself, could uh, could take something from that? Because you know, I know it's a tough nut to crack, but every year so much stuff gets thrown away.
2: Hey, it's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. In every event, I work in um, in the production and event industry or around and we, we are not, not a sustainable industry. And, and there, there is, is a lot, lot of discussion, discussion around how can we be more focused on it, um, but it's, it's hard, hard to put into action, and, and there's not, not a lot of best practices in the event world just yet to show us how to do that. that. Um, but but like, I think the Tails um, certainly, certainly should be a leader in that as well. well. So, so we've got our handful here, and I think it's really important to note that, you know, I'm not from the industry. Neil is from the industry, and there's a reason that that partnership is in place. But what I really want to see happen with this is that we give the industry the platform on which um, they have the resources and the governance structure to present the event to their industry in the way that they want. And you know, our job should be to give the industry the platform and to lead themselves where they want to be led right
0: well the, you know something else I that was pointed out to me at the sustainability summit uh, this past tales was the fact that you have to think the whole thing through like just because it's a plastic cup that you throw in the garbage the, you know what what's the alternative renting glasses that have to be shipped in a truck and rent and you know cleaned in a dishwasher and there's soap involved and you know so what's the what's the overall impact of this of this thing
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's uh it's it's definitely something that that I think Every event's having trouble figuring out, and you know it's it's our job to keep our keep our ear to the ground and try and figure out how we can do it better.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, well, Gary, you said uh, you said in the New York Times we needed a partner who could bring an industry perspective, and I uh, I, th- I think you found uh, you definitely found that. Uh, have you have you guys been uh, friends uh, long or?
2: Yeah, look, I'm from New Orleans originally, and so I've known. I, I think, think my, my first, first exposure to craft cocktails was at Cure. Sure. Uh, thanks, thanks to Neil Bodnar. So um, <laughs> when there was a, a need to have an industry voice, it was—I uh, really didn't have
0: any options, and I didn't need any options. I knew exactly who to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Neil, your family's been in New Orleans for—I
1: mean, over a hundred years. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we've been in Louisiana since the like the mid eighteen the mid eighteen hundreds. Which I'm not sure if that's something that we're proud about or not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to get out more, Neil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our,
2: Our family's, family's only been here since the late 1960s, 1960s so I don't think we're, we're nearly as from here as the
0: Bodenheimer Boten clan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, it's been reported that um, Ann and Anne and Paul didn't didn't take the highest offer, and they were they were looking for somebody who could really uh, to you know move the move the event forward and, and see their vision through, right?
2: Look, I think it says that's a lot about Anna Paul, that they didn't take, take the highest, highest offer, um, um, and, and I, know I know we weren't. We were definitely not the highest offer, offer but I think, that I think that we presented the offer that ensured the event would, continue, the event would continue, continue here in New Orleans and continue by people that are cared about the industry, industry and people so that really understand, understand the importance uh, that, that an event, event can play in an industry.
0: So, um you mentioned a little bit about uh, education before, Neil, but uh, you, I'll quote from the New York Times article again, Robert Simonson's article, we need to we need to find a way to give bartenders better access to education how do, How do you uh, plan to go about that?
1: Well, uh, thanks for asking all the softball questions. you know, it's another it's another uh, it's another complex issue. Um, you know it's I mean, that's something we just actually broke from a meeting talking about about ticketing and how to revise the ticketing system a little bit mm-hmm. to make it to make it a little bit easier to get, to get tickets distributed at times. It's, it's a multifaceted issue. Number one, it's making sure that the right people are in the room, making sure that maybe bartenders have first, have first access to tickets. And it's making sure that, that multiple demographics have, have access to uh, education. And that's something that we're trying to, you know, these are, these are issues that are going to require a lot of thought and we're, trying to put the right amount of thought and have and listen to as many people about that as we can.
0: Right. It, it has been consistent,
2: though, that we've heard um, across, across the board, the that, board that, 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 there that there is a increased desire for education to be more focused on the bartenders, bartenders themselves, themselves and, and to, to no discredit to the, the cocktail enthusiasts and the um, leisure tourists, perhaps. But those, those seminars maybe aren't the places that they should be quite as much, much or maybe, maybe not as early. as early. So we have to look at how we... Uh, maybe, maybe revise the, the pricing, pricing and the to ticket release, release strategy, so that we make sure that the right people, people are getting into, into the rooms that they need to need to the, the that they've set out for themselves, themselves to
0: come tails. Right. Well, but as uh, as Philip Duffel will tell you, there's there's always room on the standby line, and you know I've never never seen anybody who wanted to get in not not get in because with the structure as it's been, a, a lot of people you know, maybe maybe mostly consumers buy tickets to seminars and don't use them so it seems like there's always um in the past anyway there's always been room for people to want to get in on the standby line i think
1: well i also think that there's the the tasting room threshold uh issue where sometimes Mm -hmm. people buy buy seats uh in a seminar to get access to you know to hit that to pass that threshold to get in so it's um you know that's another issue that we have to figure out
0: yep um, so I had a, I just put a uh, little thing up on Facebook today saying that I was going to talk to you guys, so I got a couple of questions from listeners. Uh, small brands, do they have a chance and a position at the table? If not, does the future and new to leadership value them?
2: Well, I think my, my friend Yale says it, says it very well. He says that Yale is an ecosystem <sighs> and that we have to make sure we take care of all parts of the ecosystem. Um, so small brands need to have a place. And I think that's one of the things we've heard as well. Is that we need to find a way in the structure to um, create an on-ramp so that small brands can begin to participate and grow over time. Mm-hmm. And 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 look and and just to
1: you know these are th- these are big issues and you know we have an obligation to get to get eighteen stabilized and so I w- I don't think you guys I don't think there's going to be a, a huge change in eighteen but i think that you'll start to see some of the changes that we're talking about in 19. Now i mean there 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 are some some things that are critical to us that get done but you know when it comes to kind of reimagining some of these things i think you'll start to see more of that stuff in 19. Right, right.
0: Yeah, i imagine it's just a it's an overwhelming process i'm sure. Well, well I, mean, I mean from my perspective anyway.
1: <laughs> I mean look, we're already i mean as far as planning goes you know we're in we're in January and you know I know that seems far far away no. but it's not that far away oh no, no so you know for us it's about making sure that we can can execute at a high level and that means uh, we, gotta, we, we gotta we gotta
0: we got to keep it stable and uh, somebody wanted to know uh, about the big brands are they have you had any pushback or any any issues um, do, you, do you think we will continue to see the big brands um you know, making big showings as, as they've done in the past.
1: I think, I think you'll find that the big brands um, will continue to be great partners. I think they have some of the same concerns that we do, and that, and that, and that, and a lot of people in the industry do. And I think it's up to us to show them our commitment to it. But all in all, I think they've been really positive about
2: about the new direction and new leadership. And uh, we really look forward to working with them. I think it's really important to note that you know where the bartenders go, the big brands will likely go, and so we need as much help um, from the bartending community to show up and be a part of 2018 to exercise patience um, and and not expect that all the uh, societal issues. Uh, the basis industry will be changed overnight uh, in a four-day event in New Orleans by two guys that have just acquired this with five months ago. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so, uh, but we need everyone in it for the long run, and we, we certainly are. are, and we, we want, want to address, address all the issues that are on the table. Um, and and I think that the big brands are there right along with us, so long
0: as the bartending community is too. This is from uh, Joe at Herbs and Rye. Actually, he says most importantly, how can we all help in a positive and constructive manner? Um, how do we, as a community, lay last year to rest and focus on what Tails can be and should be together?
1: Well, um, I think it starts by by saying that you're going to come back to Tails and give it a chance. I think that's I think that's step one and come with an open mind and a willingness to to want to contribute and to want to make it into a better place. And it also helps by giving us your, giving us your feedback. And the more feedback we get, the easier it is for us to make a decision. I'm not saying that we can take and act on every piece, piece of feedback that we get, but we're trying to figure out what are the common themes you know, what are the things that we hear from all different people from all different places and how do we get those things addressed first and foremost?
0: Right, right. Well, that's great. I, I won't keep you guys any longer because you, you have a lot to do between now and July, <laughs> but I really appreciate your time and being, uh, and being so open with us and, uh, Sure, look forward to uh, sure look forward to uh, getting down there for Tails this year. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate it. I feel like Tails is in good hands. About half an hour before the interview, I asked on Facebook if anybody had any questions for the new management of Tails. I apologize for not getting to all of them directly. I felt like uh, most of the questions were touched on in the course of our conversation. One or two, the questions were a bit. Um, Pointed, and uh, as was brought up, they did, they really have their hands full just trying to make this thing happen at all this year. So, uh, we can, as they said, we can look for changes next year. All right. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every, every podcast at the very end, but first I'll remind you, I'm Brian Weber. Please follow me on Instagram at bartender journey. Also visit our website, bartenderjourney.net. You can find show notes and lots of other resources there. Please consider visiting our tip cup page and help to support this show. If this show's helped you out at all, entertain you, or just kept you company, please go to bartenderjourney.net slash tip cup and leave a little something to help. Support the show. Remember, next week on the show, we're going to talk to Mr. Philip Duff, and we'll be talking more about tails and about his uh, old Duff Geneva and uh, whatever else comes up. Here's our toast, and it's from Dr. Benjamin Spock. Trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.